0: Hey, listeners, before we get to this episode of Problem Solvers, here is a word from our sponsor. In 2021, we know living to work isn't all it's cracked up to be, especially in coastal cities where balance is hard to come by. But the good news is things are looking a little brighter in Ohio. In fact, lower taxes, top-rated affordability, and a thriving economy are just a few of the reasons you and your employees will love doing business there. And Ohio has the numbers to prove it. In 2020, the state was ranked the number one most affordable state, number three for housing affordability, and the 21st largest economy worldwide. So whether you're starting a new business or expanding an established one, Jobs Ohio is ready to support your big ideas and help you make the most of Ohio's strong economy and incredible quality of life so that you can focus on what's most important, growing your business. Learn more about how Jobs Ohio can help your business succeed at ohioisforleaders.com. And now, on with the show. From Entrepreneur Media, this is Problem Solvers, a show in which entrepreneurs do what entrepreneurs do best, solve unexpected problems in their business. We were completely wrong. And I'm just like, it's not selling. It was like, we have to start from scratch. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. It seems like every time you turn on the news, some giant company has been hacked And of course, that means that just countless small companies that didn't ever make the news have also been hacked. And you hear enough about this, and it stops feeling crazy. It starts feeling weirdly normal. I I mean, I, I just Googled worst hacks of 2021, and it's a lot of lists here. Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Volkswagen, Audi, Android, Microsoft, I mean, Mimecast, Pixlr, Reverb. It just goes on and on
1: and on and on and on. I think you have to start with the premise that we're living in a world where breaches have become the third certainty in life behind death and taxes. That is Adam, who knows his way around a hack. I'm Adam Levin, founder of CyberScout and host of What the heck with Adam Levin?
0: And the reason I wanted to talk with Adam about cybersecurity is because, you know, when we hear about cybersecurity, what we usually hear is like, here are five things that you can do to protect yourself now or whatever. Right. I mean, as as people who are entrepreneurs who just want to understand what kind of problems we're dealing with. You get these lists and it's like, okay, well, I guess I've heard all this before. I don't know if it's useful. I don't know how to do it. Do I have to hire an expensive person? And I don't want to do any of that here. That's not what this is. You can find those articles somewhere else. Instead, I wanted to talk to Adam because he has a really deep understanding of this subject. I wanted to know what is coming here on problem solvers. We've been doing this series every month called the future of entrepreneurship, and I wanted to know, well, okay, what's in the future? And as it turns out, Adam is pretty optimistic about the future of cybersecurity, which hear a lot of optimism in this ever. And I wanted to know from a guy who really knows what he's talking about, why should we be optimistic? What is coming? How can we partake in it? How can we be safe? That is what's coming up on Problem Solvers being a small business owner can be so fulfilling, rewarding, and let's be honest, a little scary from time to time. Doing your own thing and being your own boss is great, but sometimes it can make you feel like you are all alone, especially when things aren't going great. Well, the folks at State Farm want you to know that you are not alone. State Farm has thousands of agents who are small business owners too, so they know what it takes to protect everything you've worked so hard for. State Farm has an assortment of insurance policies for small businesses that can be tailored to your needs. So whether you're a hairstylist, an electrician, or a florist, State Farm agents are ready to help. Learn more and find an agent today at statefarm.com slash small business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode of Problem Solvers is being presented by State Farm. All right, we're back. So, We are talking about the future of cybersecurity with Adam Lavin. And before we really dig in, I wanted to share Adam's background in cybersecurity so you could see what kind of deep well of knowledge he is drawing from.
1: I started as the co-founder of Credit.com and then a few years later started a company called Identity Theft 911, which was created with the purpose of having as a core competence uh, resolution, remediation, restitution. And over the years, we morphed from identity theft 911, which tended to scare many of our clients, to IDT 911, which then sounded like it was a phone company or an alarm company, to ultimately, as we went global, Cyber Scout. And uh, we were in the US, Canada, the EU, Asia, and Malaysia. And we had evolved from simply an identity theft company to also a cyber company involved with everything from incident response, incident preparation, forensic analysis, identity theft education, information, identity management.
0: So Adam, the reason why I wanted to talk to you is because I don't think that most entrepreneurs have their heads around cybersecurity very well. They understand it's important, but they don't exactly know what to do about it. And so they just follow whatever best guidelines somebody sends them or whatever seems most manageable. And I think that they probably perceive cybersecurity to be some kind of terrible, slow losing game where there's a cat and mouse situation and there will be constant hacks and then we'll try to fix whatever enabled the hack and then there will just be more hacks and uh, down will go forever and ever. But You said before we got together for this show that though the short-term prospects on cybersecurity contain perhaps much pain, that you feel actually quite optimistic about the long-term prospects. Can
1: you talk me through that? I think you have to start with the premise that we're living in a world where breaches have become the third certainty in life behind death and taxes, and (laughs) so we can basically surrender or in one sense, we can literally embrace the darkness, which is that we know we're up against people who are creative, sophisticated, persistent, but it's almost like a friend of mine recently said, because I'm somewhat scorpion phobic, be the scorpion, embrace the scorpion, and realize that there's got to be a find a way to coexist, right? So... The truth of the matter is that, that we can make a lot of progress when it comes to cybersecurity, but it can't be a situation where we look at privacy and security as a bolt-on. It has to be something that is at the core of every product and service. Now, an old friend, Anne Kavukian, who was the Privacy Commissioner of Ontario, who's now the head of the big uh, data institute at Ryerson University, she came up with the concept of privacy and security by design which is where you make a product or service where the core of this product or service is privacy and security. And we really have to understand that we can't just say that this is going to get better simply because the technology is going to get better. Because we have that one teeny little problem called humans. And as long as there are humans, and God willing, there'll be billions of us for a very long time, we face the reality that humans are fallible. Humans make mistake. And we're facing off against people who they look at us as their day job. We have day jobs. We raise a family. We run a business. We start a business. We work for people. We're involved in philanthropic activities, getting educated, all of the above. But to a hacker, we are their day job. And we always have to keep (laughs) that in mind.
0: So what are we to do with that? As the average entrepreneur, who, let's say, is not the chief technology officer at Amazon or Dropbox or something, which is the average person who's got a company, would really prefer not to have some kind of data breach, would really like to just be able to run their business, do their day job, not have somebody somebody else's day job trump theirs. What are we supposed to do right now, if anything, and how can we maybe participate in or hasten the development of this philosophy that you're espousing here of cybersecurity as not something that's a bolt on, but that has to be built literally into the things that we build.
1: That's why I came up with a framework with a colleague of mine, Bro Friedlander. We write together. We're co-hosts of the podcast together. We call it the three Ms. And it's, it's getting your head into a space where you say to yourself, okay, I'm going to be under attack because that's the way it is. Unfortunately, by the way, there are many people who have the attitude, why would anyone want to hack me? why would someone want to get into my company or would they want to get into my information? I'm a regular person. They look in the mirror, they see themselves. When a hacker or a scammer looks in a mirror, looks at them, they see Jay-Z, Beyonce, Adam Levine, because we have what they want. We have data. We have lots of different kinds of information. And a lot of people don't realize that many of us are the conduit to a bigger river, which means it's not about us it's about our spouse, our child, the organization we're affiliated with, the company that we work for. Sometimes it may not be the company itself, it may the company, it may be the companies with which our company does business. Perfect example, mm-hmm. the breach of Target. They didn't go through the front door of Target, they breached an HVAC subcontractor and used that access to the to Target chilling units as a way to get into the Target systems into their point of sale systems, into their database uh, databases and like. So the three M's really say, how do we build a culture of privacy and security from the boardroom to the mailroom and vice versa, or for those people who work at home, from the living room to our home office? And that really means being sensitive to the things like, how do I reduce my attackable surface by... Minimizing my risk of exposure, not easy in a world full of 26 and growing billion Internet of Things devices that are eavesdropping and tracking and the like. How do I effectively monitor so that I I know that I have an issue? And what's my plan to manage the damage? In the event that anything goes wrong, am I prepared to respond urgently, transparently, and empathetically? And this doesn't mean that you have to say, I'm going to go it alone. As a matter of fact, you shouldn't go it alone. There are a lot of organizations out there that are available to help companies from day one, design the right kinds of systems, put in place the right kinds of protections, monitor how these organizations are doing, and then be standing beside them in terms of managing the damage. So really, it it has to do with minimize, monitor, and manage. Well, that last part that you talked about is something that i
0: I feel like it's probably quite important for people because the idea of how to solve this is so overwhelming. And somebody who's not tech savvy doesn't even know where to begin. I mean, I'll just think of myself personally. I have a company. It is a media production company. I produce a whole bunch of stuff. It largely operates off of my laptop. I really would like somebody not to hack into my laptop. But I honestly have absolutely no idea where to begin with that. I've looked around for various tools, firewalls, whatever things that will scan for what's on. I don't know what I'm looking at and I don't know what's appropriate and I don't know what it's doing. And so honestly, I have done mostly nothing. What do you suggest to people as a place to start? Should What kind of organizations are available? Is this a service? Is it an expensive service? It is a cumbersome service. Where to go? Where to go? Uh, you hear me stammering because I don't even know what to begin
1: talking <sighs> well, about. Well, there, there are IT companies. There are uh, consulting organizations that are that actually specialize in different areas of, of expertise and different areas of focus. There are companies that can help you put together the systems you need to put together, and there are companies that will help you monitor those systems as well. And a lot of people always say, "Well, I have a tech guy, and my tech guy's great," but then they realize that oftentimes technology guys can be great men and women who are focused on one specific area, which is the equivalent of making the digital trains run on time. And then there are organizations that actually focus on information security. Now, one of the issues we have in this country is we have, we, we have a woeful uh, shortage when it comes to cybersecurity professionals, which everyone is working to make better. We also have the availability of public private partnerships and There are many universities out there that not only specialize in cybersecurity training, but can be places where people can go for advice to find out exactly where to get the best organization to be there for them. Also, it's a simple thing of if you know people who are in tech or you know people who have companies that have been successful in terms of finding the right people, both for information security and technology. Ask your friends, ask around, do research, study. There's an awful lot of information online. Read reviews about organizations. You can also go to organizations like, for instance, the, the Federal Trade Commission or even something as the Identity Theft Resource Center. There, there will be suggestions there for organizations and individuals. And don't be afraid to seek out those who can be helpful in terms of giving you advice.
0: We're going to take a short break and then we'll have more with Adam. If you're listening to this podcast, you must recognize the value of asking questions. At Aramco, our questions help us engineer a better future. How can today's resources fuel our shared tomorrow? How can we deliver energy to a world that can't stop? How can we deliver one of the fuels of the future? How can we sow curiosity to harvest ingenuity? To learn more about how innovation drives us forward, Visit aramco.com slash powered by how. All right, we're back talking with Adam Lavin, the cybersecurity expert and host of What the Hack. We started talking about the future of cybersecurity. And as we're now talking, not about the future, but as the present and people's very confused present, or at least my very confused present, I started to think about how this moment that we are in will be viewed. In the future. Do you think that the thing that you just told me will sound insane and antiquated in the future, which is that it's all kind of up to individuals and we're going to contact these companies, we're going to figure out these patches, we're going to figure out ways in which we're going to protect ourselves and all sorts of different things, instead of it all just being, like you said, bolted in so that 10, 20, 30, 40 years, I have no idea, you tell me into the future, we're just dealing with systems that are safer and that there's less that the individual has to do. Is that ultimately the goal?
1: Well, I think that there will always be significant evolution in technology. We've also found, though, that every time that technology evolves, oftentimes the security to protect it tends to evolve more slowly. And every time we think we found a solution, uh, the bad guys always seem to find a workaround because there's an awful lot of money on the dark side. So we just have to say to ourselves that this is, and I think the CEO of Microsoft said it best, we all have a shared responsibility, business, uh, government, and consumers. Now, you know, consumers, we didn't ask for it. We're not trained for it. We're not prepared for it. And it can be extremely overwhelming, but that's why the more public-private partnerships there are, and the more that businesses really dig in to help uh, fellow businesses, as well as the government, as well as consumers, I think we're going to be better off. And I think we're going to see a lot more of this collaboration, cooperation, communication in the future. We really have to, because we're up against a a very tough opponent. We were involved for a period of time in election security, and I would sit down with uh, rural counties and small states, and I would say, you know, I I agree it's not fair. You have one or two people working in this organization who are trying to protect the systems as best they can, in addition to which working in the election area, and all of a sudden you realize it's not like you're facing off against Bob somewhere down the road. You're facing off against Russia. (laughs) So um, (laughs) that's why we really have to get together. There has to be more information sharing, threat assessment sharing people also have to adopt an an attitude of really caution and care and realize that anything that you do could have extremely serious ramifications. And even organizations that feel like they're completely secure at 9 a.m., all you need is one person to click on the wrong link. And all of a sudden, you've got somebody in your system who's not your friend. But technology will get better. But as Bruce Schneier, who I think most people realize, as one of the lions in our industry once said, that if you think throwing a bunch of money at technology is going to solve your security problems, then you don't understand security and you don't understand the technology. So a lot of it really has to do with training, constant training of people within organizations and understanding that the cybersecurity conversation, first of all, is a team effort. And secondly, it's something that has to be ongoing regardless of the sophistication of the technology, you have to build this culture of privacy and security.
0: So what you just said there leads into something else that you had shared with me before we started recording, which is you said VCs are throwing money at cybersecurity in hopes of short-term gains, but big promises, big budgets, and flashy technology aren't replacements for a solid culture of cybersecurity. So give me an understanding of who's, building solutions, why solutions are so appealing to VCs, but where you feel like solutions are ultimately, in a very practical sense, going to be coming from?
1: Well, you know, there's literally a, quote, solution for everything, whether it's the zero-trust environment, whether it's coming up with the next big thing that will help us more accurately identify an individual as an individual. We certainly see that blockchain technology is something that many people are sort of pinning their hopes on. And I have other colleagues who, who, who feel that it's not as secure as people would like it to be. So it's really it's a we have to understand this is all a work in progress. Just like when we were hit with COVID, everybody had a theory about what it was, how to deal with it. But as time evolved, science came up with different kinds of solutions and things changed in order to fit the situation that we were facing. This is the same thing with technology, is there's really no one answer to this. It's it's an awful lot of people who are working hard to come up with different sets of solutions, that over time we're gonna we're gonna be able to perfect this. But again, we've been living in a surveillance society, we've been living with a surveillance economy, and with that surveillance has not come the kind of security yet that we really need in order to protect individuals and organizations the way we need to.
0: So Adam, finally, I'm curious what you would say the opportunity is, if any, for entrepreneurs here, not to protect themselves, but rather maybe to be part of the solution because an entrepreneur is uh, someone who identifies a problem and comes up with a solution. Here, you are talking about a very large and complex and ever-evolving problem. What would you advise an entrepreneur who who might think, you know, maybe there's an opportunity for me to start developing
1: something that's going to be useful here? Oh, I think there totally is an opportunity. Uh, You know, as as threats evolve, And as technology evolves, there's always going to be opportunities for people who see uh, the big picture. or, Or the truth is, you don't necessarily need to see the big picture. You just need to see one part of the picture. Well, if you can solve the email security problem, that's a big step. If you can solve the problem of being able to better identify individuals as individuals, that's a big step. The whole issue of we have our vision today of what's two-factor authentication, but with the evolution of biometrics, there might be other ways. I mean, they've even talked about your heartbeat being a way that that you can be better identified. As, an, as And there's so many other examples as people dig deeper, as science evolves here, as technology evolves here. So there's always an opportunity. I mean, the beautiful thing about being an entrepreneur is that you see a problem maybe that others haven't even seen yet and come up with what you believe is a legitimate solution and take it out there, present it in the States, see how it works, see how people respond. We're never going to get to where we need to be unless people are willing to be bold and take that step and sort of not go quietly into that good night. And this is how we're going to make things better. It's never going to be perfect, can't be perfect because you have both sides working very hard to figure out a way around whatever the other has created. So it's really all about just step forward, have the big idea, make sure you understand the problem that you're really trying to solve. First of all, make sure it's really a problem and then go out there and give it your best shot and collect the best minds you possibly can. And don't assume you're the one with all the answers because there's always a smarter person. In the room. Well, Adam, thank
0: you for such a clear eyed guide through a very complicated problem.
1: Well, I really appreciate that uh, your invitation to come on and talk to you today. And
0: that's our episode. I would love to hear what you think and maybe even about a problem that you solved. You can find me at my website, jasonfeifer.com. J A S O N F E I F E R.com. Also, I have some more useful stuff for you. I write a newsletter about how to future-proof yourself and become more adaptable and optimistic. I would love for you to sign up. It is at jasonpfeiffer.bulletin.com. Also, check out my other podcast. It's called Build for Tomorrow. In each episode, I take on some belief that we have that holds us back from progress and show you why it is not as bad as you think. Problem Solvers is a production of Entrepreneur Media and comes out every Monday morning. So make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Thanks to Deepa Shah for production. My name is Jason Pfeiffer. See you next week.